Hello, and welcome back to the Life in the Desert podcast. This is episode number 17, and I'm Kelly, your host. This episode features Claudia Pizarro Villalobos of Diarigo Brothers Company of California. She is in marketing and communications for the company. She is the recipient of the Produce Business Young and Smart Leaders on the Rise 40 Under 40 Award and the Salinas JC's Humanitarian of the Year Award. Claudia serves on the board of directors for nonprofit organizations, is a mother, a wife, and is always full of energy and has a great smile on her face. Listen to our conversation and make sure to stay tuned until the end of the episode to hear about a giveaway that is associated with this episode. I'm thrilled to have Claudia join us and so we can learn more about her and her incredible career and everything that she, um, you know, is doing these days is just incredible. And I would love for more people to hear her story. So Claudia, how are you? Kelly, I am so well. I'm, how are you doing? I am doing well too, you know, enjoying some sunny skies in Arizona these days. So I can't complain. You know, I can't complain either. It's been pretty nice here. The mornings are chilly. We get some nice sun between like 11 and two. So try to enjoy that. Take a run during lunch and, um, and then bundle up again in the evening. But you know, I'm definitely not complaining. Yes. Well, that's kind of nice that you get like the best of both worlds with weather, you know, we really do. Yeah. We're blessed to live on the central coast for sure. Yes. And the Central Coast really has so much going on that sometimes I feel that people that don't live there, like don't realize everything that's going on. Oh, there's so much to do between like Monterey, Pebble Beach, Carmel, Pacific Grove, you know, beautiful locations, great restaurants. You know, we have the California International Air Show. We have the California Rodeo. We have Laguna Seca for the car fanatics. I mean, there is a little bit for everyone. John Steinbeck is from Salinas. Like it just, you know, the list goes on and on. That is so cool. And I feel like you are just like the perfect person to uh, highlight everything going on in your area. You know it all. (laughs) Yeah. Being born and raised from Salinas, it definitely gives me uh, a little bit more in terms of just, you know, being, having my whole life here. There's, there's a lot that I've seen and and learned and and experienced as a, a native Salinian. And so why don't you tell us a little bit about um, what it was like growing up in Salinas and in the produce industry? Well, um, my story is a little different than most. Um, I was, I didn't kind of grow up in the produce industry. Um, My first actual kind of hands-on experience, if you will, um, both of my parents were farm workers and they used to work in the strawberry fields. And I still remember this very clearly um, when our parents took us out to the fields to work in the summer and my brother and sister and I, and it was just the most difficult thing to pick strawberries. And it literally, I don't think it was an hour and I was already complaining that my back was hurting. Like, it is just such a difficult job that it's, you know, now you have such respect for farm workers because it was so difficult. And my parents said, do you want to do this or do you want to go to school? And we're like, yeah, you know what? College is looking really good right about now. Um, so that was kind of my, my first kind of look into the produce industry and understanding um, how much 
you know, hard work goes into it and just, you know, the quality and what's being put into a clamshell, for example, with the strawberries that we were picking. But I got into the produce industry um, through a, a Dorico family member who approached me. And at the time, they were looking for somebody to work in their sales department. And I was brought on um, at Dorigo, California in um, 2009. And I started working in the sales office as a sales specialist. And I was a commodity manager for Cactus Paris and Nopalitos. And um, I just started working um, at the desk. And after a few years, I was um, given an opportunity to work in marketing. And that's what I do now. So I do all marketing and, and communications for Dorigo, California, out of the their headquarters here in Salinas. Well, it, marketing really seems like such a natural fit for you. You know, I would say so. I, it's interesting because when I did the sales, I really enjoyed it. But at the same time, you know, you have to market the products. And I think there, there might have been that tie saying like, well, she's really good at doing that. So maybe we should move her into this aspect. So I'm, I'm very fortunate that I was given the opportunity and, um, and just always learning something new. There, there's never a dull moment in produce. There's always something that needs to be created or filmed or edited or, you know, photos. And I, I just, I love the, the fast pace. It, it really just kind of meshes well with my own kind of type A personality. And um, so it's important to love what you do, especially when you work uh, such long hours. So it doesn't, it doesn't seem like the day is as long, um, but it's something that I find very rewarding. And working for a family company is, is also a lot of fun. That is great. And you guys really have um, a logo that, you know, people from all over recognize, you know, even today, um, I was driving with my kids and they're like, oh, who are you going to interview on the podcast? And I said, well, my friend Claudia. And you know what? Look at that truck next to us. She works for that company. And they're like, oh, we know that label. So it just, it's cool that so many people, you know, recognize the labels on the cartons. It's so true. And, and talking about your kids, my kids are the same, you know, we'll go into the store and I'll say, oh, you know, I'll tell our son Dylan, I said, go get some Romaine hearts. And, and our daughter, Alessandra will always say, well, make sure it's Andy boy. <laughs> so, it, it's so funny, but you know, I think that that's one of the fun things. So just kind of a little fun fact for you. So the little boy that's on our label the iconic little boy, um, he, his photo was taken when he was two and a half, almost three years old. And he is the son of one of the founders. Um, his father is Stefano Dorigo. Stefano was the first generation to have um, found, they found, he founded the company with his brother, Andrea. But Andy at the time uh, was two and a half, three. And now he is going to be turning 97 years old on February 1st. Oh, my gosh. Yes. Well, happy birthday to him. That's incredible. Yes. And what's more incredible is that he still comes to the office every day and, you know, checks in on things and, you know, sees what's going on and comes into the sales office, comes into marketing. And, you know, he's still very much involved and very active and, you know, it, it's amazing to see him um, have so much energy at 97 years old. It's amazing. That is incredible. So um, can you give us a little history? So we have just heard, like, who founded the company. But how did, you know, Diarico come to be into what it is now? Yeah. So in 1907, 
um, Andrea Dorigo um, immigrated from Messina, Sicily, from Italy, and came in through the port of New York and ended up in Boston. He had other cousins that were working in Boston at the Boston Grape and Fruit Market. And then in 1911, his younger brother, uh, Stefano, joined him. And so while they were working in Boston, they, they did many um, odd jobs working in the shoe factory, you know, the woolen mill and just other other jobs to make ends meet. And they realized that if they wanted to be successful farmers, they needed to purchase land. And the only way to do that is to go out west and buy land in California and then send the product over to the East Coast on the rail cards. So what happened is that Stefano, being the younger brother, was sent out and he ended up in San Jose. That's where he first landed. And, and there was a few reasons. One is the their company was really, um, they were selling a lot of grapes at the time. So in San Jose, California, at the time, there was a lot of grapes in San Jose. There's a lot of Italians. So he also felt like he wasn't, you know, too far away from home. And he, he felt, um, you know, that he kind of belonged. And so Stefano started to purchase land. His father from Messina, Sicily, sent him broccoli seed as well. So um, actually harvested broccoli. And the Dorigo company is actually one of the first to have shipped broccoli transcontinentally and so wow yeah so the brothers you know started to to buy um buy land and they decided to start their their business called dorigo brothers company in 1923 so our company is um 98 years old and um and as i mentioned stefano's son is the iconic bull bull and um, when the company started in 1923, after a few years, they decided to um, create two companies. And so in 1940, let me see, 1946, um, they actually split the company into Dorigo Brothers Company of Massachusetts. And that is where Andrea was at. And then Dorigo Brothers Company of California. And that's where Stefano was at. And then two years later, the cousins opened Dorigo, um, Dorigo Brothers Company of New York in 1948. So it's a three-pronged sister company, which a lot of people don't know about. Um, they're all separately owned. But we are the grower, packer, and shipper of the Andy Boy label. The other two sister companies in Massachusetts and in New York, they're wholesalers. So they sell our label, of course, and then other labels um, at the um, wholesale market. That is so interesting, and I love the family history that's involved. Um, it's amazing how many family businesses in the produce in produce. You know, a lot of people like first generation, you know, immigrants, and what they have built. You know, it's pretty amazing. It, it it really is, and and you think that when they first came, they were teenagers. They were young teenagers that came to this country, not really not knowing the language, not really having you know. Uh, a lot of money and, and coming and really just working hard and creating a plan. And it's truly the American dream. And, and now Dorigo, California is run by third generation. So it was Stefano, then it was Andy Dorigo. Um, and then now it's Andy's son, John Dorigo. So it's third generation at the helm at Dorigo, California. And it's, it's amazing to work for, for a family company that 
has a lot of still members, whether it's third, fourth, fifth generation at all of the sister companies. There's still a lot of family members that are involved, which is beautiful because it's not always easy to work with a family. But, you know, <laughs> it's important that it stays also within the family. Oh, definitely. No, I love how their um, company is around and you guys have plans to stick around for a long time. Yes, no, for sure. That is great. So what are, would you say, some of the commodities that you highlight maybe most of the time in your marketing or some of the commodities that you're really excited to share with others? Yeah, so we have 14 core Andy Boy commodities. But I think um, to answer your question, we what we really love to tout is our specialty items because a lot of the common commodities like the broccoli, the collies, there, there's other people that grow those. But when it comes to the specialties, that's where I get really excited and there's a lot to market. So that would be like our um, broccoli rob, our fennel, um, you know, and, and romaine hearts for some may not be considered a specialty, but for us it really is because we grow a lot of romaine hearts and um, it's something that we take great pride in. And so with our broccoli rob and with our fennel, we have proprietary seeds. Uh, we have patents for them. Uh, we actually have a seed breeder in-house that works only for our company. And he and his team do an amazing job to make sure that we have product year-round. Um, for the broccoli rob, we grow it conventionally and organically. Uh, the romaine hearts also conventional and organic. Those are the only two commodities that we grow organically. Uh, but again, produced year-round. Broccoli rob is grown 100% in the state of California. And our romaine hearts, uh, we have uh, various growing districts. So that would be California, Arizona, and, and Mexico. Very nice. And uh, yeah, we get to see um, the Andy Boy label a lot in Arizona. So it's we're happy you guys are here too. Yeah, <laughs> no, we're, we're, we love that as well. Yes, yeah, so I, I have noticed in a lot of like your marketing, I love the recipes that you guys highlight. And where would be like a good spot where we would be able to find those recipes? So actually, last week, we uh, launched a redesign of our website, which I was so excited to um, get off the ground. There's a lot of work that went into it. And on the website, which is andyboy.com, you can click on the recipe tab. And in there, you will find recipes for all 14 of our, our Andy Boy uh, commodities. And because broccoli rob is one of our, our specialty items, there are a lot of recipes on broccoli rob. And another reason, to be honest, Kelly, is broccoli rob is part of the mustard seed family. So mustard, you know, can be really peppery. So broccoli rob, because it has this bite to it, if you eat it raw, most people are just not going to like it because they're going to be like, what is this wasabi <laughs> burning in my mouth, you know? Um, so we have uh, worked on a campaign. We did a, we launched a Broccoli Rob campaign and the recipes can be found on our website. And that campaign, we brought in different influencers from throughout the United States and Canada to really educate people on Broccoli Rob. So for example, we always... Um, you know, tell people it's very important to blanch broccoli rob. So obviously you get your bunch, you take it home, you wash it thoroughly. And then we, we would like, you know, for you to blanch it because it takes a little bit of the bite out. And if you like it like that, great. And if you still want to kind of 
bring that taste to be a little bit mellower, then you can always saute it. You can grill it. You can crock pot it. You can um, steam it. So we always talk about the different cooking techniques, number one. Number two is the versatility. Typically, when you say broccoli rabe, if you live in the East Coast or in the Northeast in, in um, Canada, people call it rapini. So we also had to educate people that broccoli rabe and rapini are synonymous. So yes, it's the exact same product. And yes, you know, if you buy it, you're going to be happy with it because it's exactly what you grew up eating with in Messina, Sicily for, you know, a lot of the Italians, this Mediterranean diet staple that they grew up eating as little kids. So, but what happens is that traditionally broccoli rabe in Europe is consumed with of course, pasta, sausage, <laughs> garlic, olive oil, and chili flakes. Like that is the most traditional broccoli rob dish. So what we did is, again, with these influencers, um, and we also worked with a celebrity chef, uh, Candice Kumai, and celebrity nutritionist, Carrie Glassman, to talk about health benefits of broccoli rob. We also talked about the versatility, how it can basically please any palate. You can put it in a grilled cheese, you can put it in a quesadilla, you know, you can put it into a smoothie. We have a broccoli rabe waffle recipe. We have it in a kimchi and a pho. So we really just talked about the versatility of broccoli rabe. So on our website, you will find a ton of recipes. And then I also highly recommend people to follow us on social media. So we have all of the handles um, and uh, people can find us in, under Andy Boy Produce whether it's on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, or Pinterest, um, or find our YouTube videos, um, recipe videos as well. That is really helpful because I know we can all benefit, you know, it's a new year. Everyone, you know, is pretty motivated to eat healthy, right? right? Get their greens in. And, you know, it's nice to find different recipes to elevate your meals that you're cooking at home. Oh, for sure. And then, you know, we really try to separate because you have those that are like the real, like workout people. So we have the great smoothies and the juices. And then we have, okay, we have kids. So how do you get kids to eat broccoli, Rob? Sometimes greens are not always their favorite. So what can you do? So then we have, you know, like the quesadilla, we have the grilled cheese, we have the burger, and then for a more sophisticated palate, you know, we have Eggs Benedict. So there's something for everybody. And um, I think that people will be extremely surprised and happy once they visit our website and click on the recipes page. Wonderful. Well, I will definitely make sure to link the recipes and the social media links all in the show Oh, that's notes. wonderful. Yeah, that would be great. I know that you like to cook. I love to cook, yes. So do you... So do you enjoy, you know, trying to come up with your own creations too with the commodities at home? You know, we do. Um, and I've learned, we've done cooking classes for kids at Dorigo. We have a beautiful kitchen. And so we've brought in kids where we teach them how to make an appetizer. And I'm, when I say kids, this is ages eight to about 15. And so our, our son has participated. And of course, our daughter went and she, she was like, Mom, can I do this? I said, You're a little young. But she still put on a little chef hat and she put on her apron and she just followed her brother around in the class. And um, but it was fun because what we've learned and what I learned as a parent is when children get in the kitchen and take ownership of the chopping, you know, the prepping. Um, and as you talk to them, like you want to cut it this way because the recipe is going to come out like this and this is a flavor and you want to add the salt, you want to add the paper. So if they understand the process, 
it is incredible what happens. So many of the children were eating the commodities. So whether it was broccoli, cauliflower, artichokes, they were eating it. And what we did is the kids were in the kitchen and then we had parents outside. We set up tables with some appies and they were, you know, on their phone, reading a book, talking to a friend. And the kids, after they'd finish a dish, would go outside and share, share the meal with their parent and then come back in, cook the second dish and then go out and share it with the parent. And the parents would come up to us and be like, we can never eat them to have them eat cauliflower. Like, what is this? And I'm like, well, you know, maybe get them in the kitchen. I know it's difficult, but, and it's time consuming, but maybe now and then get them to, you know, try the fennel, chop the fennel, you know, and put it in, put it on top of a pizza, something they like. And so it, you know, it really taught me something as well. Not only was I helping other parents, but I was also helping myself learn a little bit more about my kids and how to get them to eat more vegetables. But, you know, that was something just really just getting them involved in, in, in that process. Well, I couldn't agree with you more because I know with my kids, if they are helping me with dinner and maybe there's a new ingredient or something they're not as familiar with, but when they make dinner, they're so much more willing to eat it than like if I just make it and they're like, what is this? Right, right. <laughs> you know? Yes. So I think you are providing great advice for all of us. <laughs> Good. So I, um, I know that you work super hard and you um, have accomplished so much. And so how do you you just changing gears a little bit. How do you make it all work with juggling work and family life and being involved in nonprofits? Yeah. How do you do it? Um, you know, sometimes I ask myself the same question. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, it's, I try my best to stay as organized as possible. Um, number one. And, and two, the balance just really comes from, you know, figuring out what the priorities are for the day, you know, for the week, for the month and, and trying to stay on top of that, um, more so that structure, you know, at work and, and here at home, um, you know, obviously being very open, um, with my husband, Matt, and just saying, you know, I'm, I have this event, you know, let's, I, I'm going to have dinner ready. I'm gonna have the kids ready. So when you come home, you know, things are going to run smoothly and I'm going to be gone for an hour and I will be coming back. Um, this year it's been so much easier because all of my board meetings have been via zoom and it's just, you know, I'm at home and it's wonderful. But when I have to go elsewhere and, and, you know, do a little bit of traveling, it, it can be a challenge. Um, but just trying to stay, you know, organized on top of things and prepared for um, things that may just happen. You know, you, you sometimes know like, okay, this is probably going to be the next thing that's going to happen after this. Um, and I think also when I pick boards, it's something that has to do with what I'm currently living. For example, I'm on the board of our son's school. And so that's helpful for me to know, you know, how is, how's the school doing financially? How are our teachers? Are they happy? Do we need to recruit? What do we, so it's something that when I come home and talk about it with my husband, there's relevancy versus if I come home and tell him about something that he does not care about, I feel like it's, he's not as interested. And, and then he's like, what, why yeah. are you volunteering for that again? Um, so I, I try to keep it to that. I also volunteer in our church. Um, so I read at church. And so I try to get this, the, our kids involved, you know, to usher people and, you know, to help clean um, the missiles at the end of mass and just trying to set an example for them. You know, I've, my mom has 
as a little girl always said, it's so important to volunteer and to give back. And so I think that really stuck with me and I'm trying to just, you know, mentor and role model for the kids. And if, if that sticks, then I think that that's wonderful. I, you know, I think you're doing a fantastic job and I think it's so powerful, you know, for kids to see their parents volunteering and giving back. Yes. You know, the one I will say is we signed up our daughter for uh, Girl Scouts. I think we and I talked about this, right? but you know, my husband's like, so excuse, tell me, why did you volunteer? And I'm like, no, I'm not volunteering. He said, her daughter wanted to join. And, you know, she's still really young. She's only five. She's in kinder. And, you know, there's no sports right now for her. And, and our son, you know, luckily is still playing soccer. And so he has an activity. And so Alessandra kept telling me, mom, I don't have anything. And I, you know, just happened to get this email about the Girl Scouts. And I said, oh my God, I talked to Madison. I'm going to bite the bullet. He's like, okay, well, good luck, you know, but that one, it's a new (laughs) adventure for us this year. I'll tell you that much. And, you know, I think you will enjoy it. And she's going to get a lot out of it, especially like once COVID dies down, I feel like, and they can do more community service and things like that. I feel like there really is a lot that they can get out of Girl Scouts. Yeah, Yeah. I'm looking forward to that. We're just starting cookie sales. So I'm working on her video and she's so excited about filming her video. So I, you know, at least she's excited about it. So, you know, just trying to, trying to keep, you know, keep it fair between if he has an activity, trying to do something that she has an activity to participate in. No, that is awesome. Making, I mean, they're both getting great experiences. We're trying, we're trying. (laughs) (laughs) And, you know, I know that you are really a morning person um, and going to work super early. Do you feel like that helps like just get your day going and then you have more family time in the Absolutely. evening? Absolutely. I, I am very blessed to have a job that starts early. I, I am definitely a morning person. So I'm up early. And you know what makes it easier is my husband actually gets up before I do. Um, so my alarm goes off at 430 and he's already up. And he goes downstairs and he starts working out uh, because I'm gone. So he'll do breakfast with the kids, you know, shower, change them and then get them on Zoom and then go to work. But I I love going in early because to the point that you mentioned, I get off early so I can, you know, pick them up from school when they they actually are going um, to school. We're, We're blessed about that as well. Um, this week they're doing their last week of zoom because the school decided on a quarant- last two week quarantine, but they'll be going back and they've been back, um, probably like three or four months now and they love it. And so, um, getting off early and being able to help with homework and getting all of that done. So when it's time for dinner, we can actually enjoy dinner and not be worried about finishing homework or a project and actually maybe getting a little family time and a little board game in or something together is, is, is priceless. I, I really love the hours. I don't think it's for everybody. Though. That is wonderful. <laughs> <laughs> well, four thirty is yeah. really early. I'm not going to lie, but you always have so much energy and you are you're oh, so good. Well, I try, you know, working out at lunch helps a lot. Cause by the time lunchtime comes, you know, I kind of hit a little lull and um, I usually try to get out and, you know, run a few miles and, and get some energy back in me to, to finish off the rest of the day. <laughs> well, that is great. And I'm really happy to hear that your kids are enjoying being back at yes, school. That is yes, wonderful. I'm so happy about that. 
Um, all right. Well, we have come to um, the section of the podcast where I get to ask you some rapid fire questions. Yeah, let's Are do you it. Ready for this. Okay, perfect. So you can just respond with the first um, answer that okay. comes to mind. All right. What is a meal that you enjoy cooking at home? Favorite meal. I love eggs. Our kids love eggs. So whether it's scrambled over easier, hard boiled eggs. Awesome. I, and that's even better than yeah, something that nobody likes. <laughs> <laughs> All right. What is one of the nonprofits um, that you enjoy The supporting? YMCA. I'm currently on the board now and I just, I, I love their mission and um, it would definitely have to be the YMCA. Excellent. And what is your favorite way Running. to exercise? And what is the best piece of advice you've been given? I would say pay it forward. Wonderful. We can all <laughs> benefit from that. <laughs> all right. And what is one of your top travel destinations? Is this somewhere I've been or somewhere I want to go to? Okay. Um, how about we do one so, of So um, favorite that I've been to is Florence, Italy. And one that I have on my bucket list is Singapore. Oh, wonderful choices. And yeah, I've got a lot on my list. This COVID, you know, it set things back a little bit. Right. Uh, yeah. again. <laughs> I'm ready. <laughs> yes. Well, Claudia, I just think that you, um, you know, I know marketing is in every industry, but really in the produce industry, you are doing a fabulous job. And it's fun when I get to see you um, when our paths cross and um i hope in 2021 we get to get together i I miss our traveling experiences and i kid you not when we get together it's like laugh after laugh after laugh it's just we have the greatest time (laughs) i know it is a great time and i'm happy that you know in the produce industry where Mm -hmm. it is predominantly men that there are more and more women um, that are working hard and are being highlighted and you are definitely one of them. So thank you, Kelly. I appreciate it. Well, I appreciate you taking the time to be on the podcast and sharing about you. Yeah, Thank you. Have a good night. All right. Talk soon. You too. Bye-bye. Okay. Thank you so much for listening to this episode. I literally do a happy dance as each episode launches. To show my appreciation, Claudia and I have partnered on a listener giveaway. Claudia was generous to put together three packages from Diarigo. To enter, head over to Instagram or Facebook. You can find me at Life in the Desert 20. Make sure you are following me on Facebook or Instagram. Like the post that mentions this episode and write a comment with the name of your favorite vegetable. It's really as easy as that to enter. I appreciate you for listening each week and learning about a new person or company and the journey that they are taking. Stay tuned for another podcast episode from the desert next week.